Get your Bibles out and go to Matthew 16, 18. And then we got to, oh, I'm not going to pray again. I'm just going to say, Father, they will get it in Jesus' name. I'm going to talk tonight about something that happened to me early, what is today, Wednesday. Had to have been Monday morning. Because it happened about four or five in the morning. That's usually when the Lord starts talking to me about stuff. And he got up, he got me up and started talking to me about his church. And you know, when you get a sermon or a word from the Lord, you know, sometimes you you immediately start going, God, they're not gonna understand this. But he never told me whether I should preach it or not based on whether you understand it or not. He just told me to preach it. And uh, I have to because of the times we're living in. And uh, I'm going to get into that real strong Sunday morning. I am pumped about Sunday morning. I am so excited about what he's showing me um, is happening in the world, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, but he started talking to me about his church my church, and, um, and he said this, and I'll say this in my notes. Yes, I wrote it in my notes, but when I woke up, he said this to me. Uh, he was quoting Ephesians 4.16. Don't go there yet. But he made a statement to me about Christians, and he said, Christians will never develop into the destiny I have for them if they do not honor church, they'll never develop. He said, I do nothing, nothing apart from church. That's, that's, a power, that's a powerful statement. So, you know, you understand why at four in the morning you're waking up and you're going, okay, uh, you know, okay. And I, just, I didn't know he was talking to me about a sermon. I didn't, I really didn't know that. I just kind of thought he was talking to me about something, uh, and I started praying about it, and the next morning happened again, and then finally, I just came in and did my pastor's notes on him. I said, oh, okay, this is, you're just not leaving me alone on this church thing, and so I, um, I got a disclaimer. We're going to talk about coming to church, and, and primarily Sunday morning. Now, before I say all this, you know there are people who are born-again Christians, love Jesus, and because of jobs and circumstances, they're unable to make it to church. Y'all know that. It's, it, this is not a, a sermon on you better be here. That's not what this is about. I want to teach you the wisdom of church. And I want, the, I want you to gain a, a healthy love for something Jesus loves dearly, church. In a, in a society that is now making it as though it's not that big a deal anymore. Now, there's a few of us in this room that are older than other people. I didn't say we were old. Wine don't get old, it just gets better. Now, 
I remember growing up in a, in a world where when you rode through town on Sunday, it, there wasn't a store anywhere open. And, and honest to God, I loved that time in history. I loved it. Though everything just wound down, we, we went home, we snapped peas on the front porch, we made ice cream. We, if the, if, I didn't go to church every Sunday. I was one of these people who didn't go all the time. My mother didn't go all the time. My grandparents did. And, um, and so, you, you know, you just, you didn't get up and go to the store. First of all, there was no such a thing as a convenience store. You had filling stations and you had grocery stores and you better remember to get it before Sunday because if not, you're just doing without. And, I, and, the, and, and people talked, sat around, enjoyed things. And so it was a very peaceful time. It was a, it was a great time in American history. That's very, very different. Now it's changed. And, and even I, rem, I remember a day when it was Sunday, people went to church and nobody even had to make that suggestion. You either did or you didn't, but... If you didn't, you stayed home, but there was nowhere else to go. So, you know, we went on what we called Sunday drives. Y'all all ever remember going on Sunday drives? We had a convertible. My mother had a convertible and an old blue Plymouth Fury, and we would put the roof down and just ride through the country, and, and, go, and we'd go to the uh, Dairy Queen. It was open. It was open. The only place open. And you had ice cream dipped in chocolate. You know, I think it was like a, I don't know, a buck. But and it wasn't very much money, huh? Huh? Evidently, you weren't paying for it. How much was it? Twenty cents. I remember a Coke was a dime. Yeah, I, no, I didn't pay for it. I never paid for an ice cream in my life when I was that old. I remembered um, a Coke and a candy. I, well, I worked at McDonald's when you could get a hamburger, fries, and a drink with a dollar and get your change back. And I had a paper hat. And there was no inside to it. it was, everybody was outside. It was just a little hole in the wall. And the potatoes were, fries were real. I, I was the potato guy. I, I made all the french fries. It was awesome. I don't know how we got off on all that. Look at Matthew 16, 18. Please, please go with me. I said all that because I want to say something so, so important. Um, I, I am aware I am aware of, you know, like we have policemen in the church. Uh, Sunday morning, they're asleep. You, you know, you can't, you, you, got, you can't just be dogmatic about something and just look at a person and go, no. So I'm really dealing with a spirit of, uh, or an attitude, and that's what I want to address. Matthew 16, 18, it says, And he said to you, you are Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He said, I'm going to build my church. And he said this to me. He said, I take my church serious. The church is the most important thing in any community. Now, 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 people differ with that. And I wrote this word. I wrote this sentence down. And, me and Betty Lowe's and I had to kind of go around and find out the real meaning of the word. The church is not peripheral to the world did I say that right? Yeah, the church is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. You know what I mean by that? The side mirror, that's your peripheral vision. You're watching cars behind you out of your peripheral vision. 
Church is not second. Now, now listen, listen to me. I, I understand that I'm plowing now. It's not third, fourth. It's, it's number one. It is the, God did everything he did for the Christians. And then he placed you and I in a physical church. And I think that's the issue that I want to address next. Is the church physical? Ephesians 4 11 through 16. Please pop that on the screen. I want you to read this. And he gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints. That's a very important for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. Keep going. Till we all come to the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, the measure of the fullness of Christ. Keep going. That we would no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about by every winter doctrine, trickery of many, cunning craftiness, deceitful plotting. Go to 15. Let's go. But speaking the truth in love, we would grow up in him in all things in the head in Christ, 16, from whom the whole body, look at this, join and knit together by whatever joint supplies. Now listen, now listen to what I'm going to say right now, because what I'm saying, I'm not saying as a pastor, I'm talking as a prophet. I've changed, I've changed modes, and you guys got to get this. And you say, well, why isn't everybody here tonight need to hear this? Because it needs to be preached, period. Needs to be in the atmosphere. You, we've got to make the adjustments. There, it is impossible for you to reach your destiny outside of you being in a local church. Impossible for you to do it. Because, because there is a supply for you only comes through other believers in the building. It's not enough. When you come to church and you're a part of the church, there's two things that happen constantly. Number one, not only are you coming to hear the word and the, and, and the pastor of a church is a physical person. The book of Revelation, chapter 2, verse 1, the church that he wrote the letter to was a physical church. Is a phys it's, not, it's not spiritual. You're not the body of Christ. You're not, you're not the church at home watching Christian television. That's not the church. No, it's not. Because you cannot get your supply there. You may hear a teaching, but the church is a family. You, and there's a supply that the body, the body is going to bring to you. And then there is also a supply you must bring to the body. When you don't come and you think this is not important, there is, you are, you are denying the people in this congregation the supply God gave you to bring to this body. And we're talking a knowledge, a wisdom, an anointing. There's something about the body, all of the people in the body. And there are things that I'm better because you come. I'm better because Zach showed up. I'm better when I married Lisa. I, would, I became a better preacher when, when Paul came. And, and, and listen, because, because every time a Christian walks through those doors and says, this is my church, this is where I'm supposed to be. There's something changes in the church and a brand new piece of the puzzle comes in and a new supply comes. 
And you, and you know, we, and today the devil knows it. He, he hates the church. He hates the church. And the church is under attack because we're in a time where Christians are going. Are you going to be there Sunday? Well, you know, I'm not sure. You know, my in-laws are coming to town. Excuse me. Jesus Christ, God Almighty, started the church. This is not second to your job. It's not second to anything else. It is the thing. The church in the city changes the city. Or if the, listen, when you, when, when you take the church out, the city goes to hell. Because the word, there's only one place to get truth. The word in church, only one. America changed from the churches. England changed with the churches. The world in Africa changed when Reinhard Bonnke took the word to Africa. The, the church is the only instrument that God uses in the earth to change it to the better. With a church, it's better. Without a church, it's, it's, it'll rot. And so Satan hates the church. He hates the church. And we have turned the, this whole Sunday thing into a whatever. Uh, no, it's not a whatever. So the Lord said to me, I want my church back. I want my church. I want, it's my church. It's not okay to come in and sing what we want to sing and preach what we want. It's not okay for you to hear only what you want to hear. Now, how does God, in the book of Hebrews, it says this. I think it's Hebrews, it's not, it's Corinthians. How does God change you? He changes you through correction. If you can't handle, that's why people go, well, I don't want to hear it, so I'm going to make a statement to you. And I mean, I mean just, just listen, just listen to me. Just listen. It's not okay to go to a dead church. It's not okay. Amen. Do you know why? Because the devil is after you, period, in the subject. You have an enemy. Do you understand that? And when you separate and you get off by yourself and you're among dead, stupid Christians, and you fall, who's going to get you up? There ain't anybody, and there ain't anybody even in that. They don't even know the authority of the believer. They don't understand prayer. There's things they don't know nothing about nothing. And you go, well, I don't think I want to hear a sermon on going to church on Sunday. You offended me. Well, well, let me tell you something. Well, then go ahead and leave because when you go down, you're going, you're down for the count. You will never, you will never reach your destiny on this earth. I didn't say you weren't saved. I didn't say you weren't going to heaven. I said you will not reach your destiny. Can't be done. But I call Kenneth Hagin my, my spiritual father. That man changed everything about me. The way I dress, the way I walk, the way I read, the way I pray. But, but, it, but he was a prophet of God. God used a prophet to change America. He used a prophet to change the world. There's 80, 88,000 Ramagrads in the world today. That's amazing. One man, one Texan. You better believe it, baby. 
It's crazy. Starting churches. Because to God, to God, that's a big deal. Churches are a big deal. And we, we must come back to believing that it's a big deal. I will build my church. He did not build anything else on this planet but the church. And you cannot go through life acting like that's not a big deal. Because you think Jesus is not real smart. Woo! You know how many people have tried to help me with my personality? Has it ever dawned on you that maybe God made me this way because that's what he calls a pastor? Do you understand a pastor is not this limp-wristed, milk-toast thing on Princess Bride? Mowage. You better have somebody that can go after the devil by God and drive him off of you. You know, I don't tell y'all everything I do, but there's many of you. I've, I've, I just get up and I just take authority over. Get the devil off him, you foul thing in Jesus' name. I don't come up to you and tell you nothing. I'm going to let the devil have you. And then, and, then when, and then I start training other people, like Shirley, you, to come in here and pray. You foul devil from hell, get off them in Jesus' name. And you see, that's, that's, that's my job. That's what I do. All right. All right. Okay. In the book of Revelation, listen, the churches Jesus wrote the, the letters to, they were all physical churches. All right. Hebrews 10.25. Oh, it's going to get... Woo. Just stretch your hands out and say, bless him, Jesus. Help him. Bless him Jesus. Hebrews 10.25. Because I got some things I got to say. I, and listen, number one, number one, number one, number one, number one. Listen. Six days shall you work. Your body mm, was not designed by God for you to push it. Amen. Rest it. Rest that thing. You, you can't push seven days a week. If God can't meet your needs in six, you are not God. You can't meet them in seven Oh, hallelujah. So, so you need to understand the world out there is anti-Christian. They don't care about you. Amen. You, you know how many people come to me, Pastor, I won't be there Sunday. I got a, my, my job is calling me and I got to be in Atlanta Monday morning. Why are you taking a 10 o'clock flight? What's wrong with six? Numb nut. Uh, you know, it's like, it's like it doesn't matter anymore. It's not that big a deal. Are y'all out there? It's not a matter that somebody's going to say, see, well, I'm not here to give you a new knowledge and a new neat truth. 
I mean, listen to me. When's the last time your child walked in and said, Mom, what new thing are you cooking? That'll thrill my taste buds. Same thing we had last week. Sit down and shut up. It's a family, baby. This ain't a restaurant. I'm not supposed to be giving you some new cool truth you never heard before. I'm having a hard time doing what I know. Much less a new truth. So since there is a devil, then there is a devil. There is a devil. And he works 24 hours, seven days a week. And he works on you 24 hours, seven days a week. And because God knows there is a devil, and he knows you have a flesh, and he knows, he knows what you're dealing with in life, he has given you a place called a safe haven. It's for you. It's not a bondage. He's not trying to crimp your style by making you get up and go to church on Sunday. It's supposed to be something where you wake up and go, yes, thank you, Jesus, it's Sunday. I'm going to go worship God and I'm going to go rub shoulders with the saints and, and we're going to just bless God, step into the anointing of Almighty God and, I, and, and, and I'm just going to spend some time drawing night of God today because you've you got to rest your spirit. You've got to feed your spirit. You've got to rest your body. And when you leave, if you, own, if you sell cars, don't meet them in the parking lot and sell a car. Tell them to wait till Monday. They can wait till Monday. I mean, I know I'm all, but listen, he got on me and I'm just going to preach it the way he gave it to me. Amen. Hebrews 10, 25, are you there? It's crazy. It's crazy. Let's read 24. Let us not consider one another to stir up love and good works, not forsaking. I don't know what not forsaken means, but I thought it meant not forsaken. And I know, Eve thought, you, just think of Eve. Eve is standing there looking at the tree going, Adam, listen, I, I'm going to tell you something. What I th- I'm going to tell you what I think about this, Adam. It's a pretty tree. And it was. And she said, and the fruit's delicious. And it was. And it'll make you wise. And it would. Everything she said was true. Except, except, he said, no. He, he didn't say, if, he didn't say, oh, it's not very tasty. No. Everything she said was true. Everything the world tells you is true. Mm-hmm. Except, he said, no. Right? Right? When I, I'm going to get into this. When my kids are growing up, you can call me a bad parent, but there were times when they said, why? And I said, because I said so. Amen. And I don't mean to be ugly. I don't owe you an explanation. Now you listen to me. You do exactly what I just said. Do you understand me? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. Well, those days seem to be gone. No, not with everybody. Listen, they weren't gone. And and our kids, our kids, they, you know, they get on Facebook and they talk about, uh, you know, being, my dad was a pastor. Everybody hears about it. Well, I told them, I said, if you didn't get whippings, they wouldn't know about it. 
But everybody worth their salt got a whipping. I got whipping. I got whipped in high school by the coach. I remember his name, Shalagi. When someone hits you that hard, you remember his name. And I can remember the bully I beat up, Danny Campbell. Danny Campbell slapped me in the gym, and I punched him in the nose, and blood went everywhere. And Coach Shalagi took us both in the, the, the room, and he shook my hand. He said, congratulations, I wish to God I had allowed, been allowed to hit that little sucker. <laughs> now bend over. Uh, I thought, uh, he said, don't worry, I'm not going to hit you near as hard. I'm, but when I get a piece of that boy, I'm going to tear it up. So he said, now holler real good when I hit you. And he hit me hard. <laughs> we, but when I heard Danny... Do y'all remember in Princess Bride when everybody in the countryside heard him? That was Danny Campbell. When the coach hit him, everybody heard it. But anyway, we all got whippings. Our kids got whippings, and, you know, Justin got whippings. You know, not as many. I think Justin was pretty good. He, he would take his BB gun around outside and hide in the bushes, and we would never see him all day. He just, just, huh? We also... We also noticed that we didn't have many birds in the yard because they were dead everywhere. He would ambush them and shoot every bird that flew into anywhere within an acre of our house. Ambushed every, bam, every bird went down to the count. Now, I hadn't even read this. Do not forsake the assembly of together, together as the manner of some is, but exhort one another so much more as you see the day approaching. Listen, why? Why? Because you have an enemy. God is not dumb God's not dumb. Your job and your business is not going to put you over. You cannot pay enough money to make it through the hospital when you need God. I don't care who you are. And when, when your spouse decides they're going to divorce you. And they'll divorce you even when you're living right. Amen. Anyway, um. Revelation chapter 1, 9. Go over there. Am I doing all right? Am I going? Okay. I, I, I'm trying to be nice. Be, just be as calm. And I'm not doing very good at being calm. <laughs> 1, 9 through 20. It says, I, John, your brother and companion in tribulation, the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was on the island that's called Patmos for the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice on a trumpet and said, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. And what you see right in the book and send it to the seven churches, which are in Asia, Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. What's he doing? What's he doing? Six and send a letter. Who's? Wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. Wait, stop. Whoa, whoa. All of these Christians, all of these Christians in these churches, they're born again. They're born again people. They're born again. Why in the world is God using John to send him a letter? Why didn't he just talk to him himself? Here's why. There are things God will never tell you except through the fivefold ministry. And, and there are prophets. That's why when we have Mary Fran in, you need to come in. She's going to say it different. She's going to say things. She's going to do stuff. I have no idea. That's not my call, it's not my anointing, it's not what God wants me, but I bring her in. 
And then there's other people we bring in for that reason. And you know there's people on television. But listen, the pastor is a complete different ball of wax. And and I'm going to say this and I want you to understand it. There are things he says to me to say to you. And when you're not here, you just missed God royally. I know that may sound, and it's almost like, forgive me, I'll hear from God myself. No, you will not. I said this the other day, and I'm going to say this again. I want you all to listen to me. You're not going to live a lukewarm life and pull a miracle out of the hat in the last minute. You're you're not going to do it. No, you're not. You're not going to be lazy all year and then pray over test day. You might flaunt and go back. God, he ain't answering that kind of prayer. And see, you know how many Christians are coming up going, oh, pastor, pray for me. And I say, well, what scripture are you standing on? Oh, I don't know. You, well, I've preached on that a dozen. Oh, I know, but, you know, I was busy. Well, you're, well I just want to go real bad. Well, you're going to die. And nobody wants to hear that. That's the truth. You have, you have treated church like it's no big deal. What you dishonor dishonors you. You can't dishonor the word and get the word to honor you. It don't work. And why I'm preaching this and why I'm preaching this. Because the church today, we, it, when I was younger, and Betty May remembers this, we had Sunday morning and Sunday night services. And we stopped because nobody came. We're not real sure whether anybody's coming Sunday now. I was busy. And this is, I was busy. What's it to you? Well, I'm not your preacher. I'm a pastor. And I am going to say something to some people. And they won't like it. Jesus corrected his disciples. Most of his teaching, most of it was corrected. As a matter of fact, he says over in Hebrews, he said that's the, that, that you mature through correction. That's how you raise your kids. If you raised them right, you, you were mommy. I mean, you, you know, mommy's a real person. I thought, a lady one time looked at me and said, I want to be my daughter's friend. I said, don't you dare. Don't you dare. You're her mother. You're not her friend. You don't have the right to sit down with your daughter like she's your buddy until she's married and out of the house with kids. Come back, she can be your buddy now. And while you're raising her, you are not her buddy. You're her mother. Oh, boy, I don't know how I get off on all this stuff and get myself in trouble. Jesus is speaking here and saying, I want you to write a letter to the, and it says chapter 2, verse 1, the angel of the church of Ephesus. That word angel is the, is the Greek word angelos, which means messenger. He's talking about the pastor. He's, he's sending the message to the pastor to give to the people in that church. Yeah. You know, there's things he says to me and, and I go, 
okay, that'll go over like a lead balloon. And, 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 and it, sometimes it'll take the Lord maybe a week or two before I get up the guts to come in and, and preach. Okay, God, on your day. Preaching during the elections. I would have rather been beat. This is about principles. People, ugly people can be ugly. But I have to answer to God one day. Are y'all ready? Because I need to go Deuteronomy chapter 5. Are y'all okay? Go to Deuteronomy 5. Now, I'm going to say something right here, and, and, I, and I'm, I don't, I don't want to mention names, although there may be a few of you that know who they are, because I think Melanie Hayward was in the youth group I had. We had a boy in the youth group, um, good, good little guy. I, I just loved him to pieces. He had a really tough life. And um, I'd call him on the phone and I'd say, hey, are you coming to church? Well, you know, I'm pretty busy. And, and he'd get on fire for God, read his Bible, love Jesus. He'd do real good for a while. And then the next thing you know, and then he met a girl. I went, oh, I said, don't, don't, don't. Oh, she was a hot little thing. Little short shorts. No, I mean sh- short, short, sh- shorts. Little halter top and just a, just a, you know, she'd boil tea walking by it. You know, she's just a little hot thing. And, you know, and any boy with testosterone is going to go, ah, and fall apart. You know, she was not a Christian. You know, and, and, that's, and this is the world we live in. It's not, you know, you care about people. You love people. You're, you go, hey, come on, get back in church. Get in church. Get in here. You know better than that. Well, he married her. He married a girl. I went, ah. Oh. I never saw him in church again for a couple of years. And one day we got a report, and I asked Lisa today, and I said, who buried him? She said, you. I don't remember doing his funeral. And he was in his garage shooting a gun one night. He shouldn't have been in his garage shooting a gun, but he's just a kid. You know, everybody's a kid to me, except Betty Mae. She's not a kid to me. Um, But, um, and his wife called the police. You don't need to be shooting an AR in your garage at night. Let me just tell you right now. I know that. But he is harmless as a fly. He just, and he walked out on the front porch with that AR and they killed him, dropped him stone cold dead. He was in his, what, 20s, Lisa? 22. And it just grieved my heart. You know, you, you're around people, you preach the word of God. I could, I could tell you 25 stories and every one of them were people who walked away from the word of God and out of church. I, I, I can name five people right now, five, that in their youth died that used to go to this church, and they were young. They died early. I can name people in their mid-40s. They're dead. They're dead today. They're dead. They're dead. It's not, it's not a joke. Satan's not playing a game with you. He full bore intends to kill you and take you out of the race and destroy your home, your family, and your life if he can. And this is why it's very important for you and I to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things. It's, it's you, you, you got to build yourself up on your most holy. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray, stay in the love of God. And as the days get 
You know, it's getting worse out there, guys. If you're having a hard time now, you're not going to make it in five years. If you're lukewarm now, your, your, your bread is done. You're toast. Because you ain't seen anything yet. And we kind of go through, nah, 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 through life. Uh-huh, I don't think so. And parents aren't teaching their kids anything anymore. They don't teach them squat. One thing I love about my wife, and I brag on her, boys, you know, our boys, you, you read the Bible and prayed, or, you, or, you, or, you, or she'd kill you. You know, she just, <laughs> we brought you in the world, we'll take you out. And I mean, she's a strong woman, and she just taught the kids, taught the kids to read and pray, and, and, and even then it was tough. Amen. I want you to look at Deuteronomy chapter 5. I want to show you something. And I'm going to start reading with verse 6. And these are the Ten Commandments. And um, I'm going to ask you a question. It's a silly question. Um, first, verse 6, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And you have no other gods before me. You shall not make yourself a carved image or likeness of anything that's in heaven above or in the earth beneath or the water. And you shall not bow down to them. I am the Lord your God. I'm a jealous God. And I visit the iniquity upon your children, third and fourth generation but I show mercy to thousands who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the Lord your God in vain. Verse 11, verse 11. Now let's think about this for a minute because I'm asking you a question, but I know the answer and I know you know the answer. If even though we're under grace, is it okay to use the word GD? How many of y'all use it? The Bible says don't use the name of the Lord your God in vain. You understand? Now, you know, you know you don't. I mean, you say, well, we're under grace. So, you know how many people tell me, don't, don't put legalism on me. So, so, here, let's read one more. I'm going to read another. Now, skip 12, please. Um, verse 16, honor your father and your mother, and the Lord your God command you that your days will be long and you be live one on the earth. That's in the book of Ephesians. Is, is that done away with? No. no. Verse 17, you shall not murder. Is that legalism? I mean, you know, I, on the way here tonight, a, a guy really ticked me off. I shot him, but uh, I'll bury him when I get home tomorrow, but he just shouldn't have pulled out in front of me like that. It went, you don't hear it. That, that's stupid. I mean, I, am I right? I mean, this Old Testament, we're not under the Old Testament. We're not under the law. We're not under it. We're not under the law. 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 But is it okay to murder people? No, no, it's not. Okay, let's look at another one. You shall not commit adultery. That's okay, right? You shall not steal. That's okay, right? You shall not bear a false witness against your neighbor. That's okay, right? Then what about 12, you shall observe the Sabbath day. When did that become who gives a royal flying rip? It's in there with don't murder. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. Why is it that that's the only Ten Commandment that under grace, it's perfectly fine and acceptable and you really should miss Sunday because you're so busy? I mean, I don't have, I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, you say that, you read that to a Christian today, most of them. Well, where, uh, what's the Sabbath? This, and I'm a Christian, I'm the temple of God, and I'm a, well, what was God thinking? What was God thinking? Why is that? If that's important today, and, I, and, and I'm not talking about law. 
I'm not talking about putting you under the law, but my God, Sunday morning, you better get up and get in here. That's not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that at all. I'm talking about the fact that he wrote the law on your heart. Amen. When a person is in love with Jesus, you can't beat them out of church. So there's no sense in even saying anything to some people because if you said to them things aren't right with you, they'll look at you and go, yeah, they are. Well, I'll see you in church. Well, no, we won't be there. I'm going to tell you, that's not okay with the Lord. That's why he woke me up and said, I want my church back. It's my church. I I take this as a big deal. This is not a side issue. That's a heavy statement. God is not treating this lightly anymore. He treated it lightly for a while. But there comes a point in life when you have to grow up and God's going, you know what? I, I, I mean, you know, you can mess in your pants for a while, but you do it again, I'm taking your britches off and I'm going to tan your hide. You know, there's a point with your kids, they're going to potty train one way or the other. You're going you're to use a potty. Now, you know the old cloth diapers worked. Leave them on them. They'll quit. Thank you. Y'all didn't understand the thing I said. You have pampers, you don't feel nothing. Tie that wet sucker on them and leave it. I guarantee you they'll walk around and go, I'm never doing this again. And they'll quit. Maybe God ought to tie your pants to you and let you walk around in it and just you will quit. I know that didn't sound too good. I know that y'all didn't like it. I'm, I'm talking about an attitude. I'm not, I'm not talking about a day. I'm talking about an attitude where we understand that God, let, let me show you a scripture because I'm going to help you get out of this because I know, you, you, you understand, there's people watching us on the internet and I've probably got a couple of them said, just turn it off. Um, Mark, Mark chapter 2, Mark chapter 2. And, and Jesus made a statement, and, and it, it's in defense of people who don't come to church. But listen, Mark 2, 23. It happened as he went through the grain fields on the Sabbath, and they were disciples, began to pluck the, the grains. And the Pharisees said, why do you pluck on the Sabbath? It's not lawful on the Sabbath. He says, have you never read what David did when he didn't eat and was hungry and, and with those with him? And how he went in the house of God on the days of Abathar, the high priest, and ate the showbread, which is not lawful except for the priest, and gave some of those with him. He said, the Sabbath was made for man, and man was not made for the Sabbath. And therefore, the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Sabbath was not made... You were not made to keep the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for you. God gave it to you as a gift. Now, that's a powerful statement. That is the reason why our American government said the workday would be Monday through Friday. The Bible says six days shall you work. But they, our government changed it to five days because there were seven-day Adventists, Jews in America, and Christians, and they gave two days instead of one day off. That's where all of that came from. Well, why do we celebrate the Sabbath Sunday and not Saturday? Does anybody know? Because the early Jews started celebrating the first day of the week, taking communion on the day he rose from the dead instead of the day instead of the Sabbath as the Jewish law said. 
And so they changed it. The early Christians changed it to the first day of the week, which was Resurrection Day. They would meet in the temple and take communion, and it hooked. It changed after that, and people have been going to church on Sunday since the first day of the week and giving God the first. The point is this. God did not want businessmen to take something from you that belonged to him. That's my day. You turn them loose and you let them come see me. Amen. You do not have the right to work them. If you're a businessman, do not make someone get on an airplane and start work Monday morning somewhere else. You're working them Sunday. They're on a plane. Start Tuesday. You work them Monday. Let, let people have a day off. Let people enjoy their life. You're not getting richer because you work them harder. Chick-fil-A proved it. Hobby Lobby proved it. You, uh, Proverbs 23, 4. Pop it on screen. I'm going to show you something. Let's talk about work now. Do not overwork to be rich. Did you get that? Do not push your body. Jack Hayford said something. He said this. Now listen to me. He said it, and I'm going to agree with him. Every Sabbath you break, you will spend in a hospital. Your body, your body cannot handle it. You rest it. Every day the children of Israel broke the Sabbath, God sent them into exile until, until the land rested. They refused to let the land rest. And God pulled them out of Jerusalem and sent them off to Egypt into exile until the land rested the days he commanded it to rest. When he says the days to rest, you rest it. He says your body rest, you rest it. As a matter of fact, I'm going to tell you a Jewish law, and the men will love it. It is a commandment to go home and have relationship with your wife on the Sabbath. That's just a Jewish law. I'm just preaching. Now look at this one right here. And I, and I said something a while ago, and I'm... I'm not trying to, I, I guess I am being a little strong and I'm not. I've had people come up to me and say, Pastor, you need to hurry up and get done. I got a, I got a guy buying a car from me who's meeting me in the parking lot. And I'm not going to shut up preaching because you're selling a car. You just stick me. I'm, I'm going to preach 30 minutes longer now. I'm just going to. If God is not big enough to take care of you, is he, big, is he big enough to take care of you? Yes, he is. Come on, folks. If he can't do it in six days, you ain't doing it in seven. And I know that bothers people. But they're like, well, you just don't know what bills I had. Well, you don't know God. Amen. Amen. Now, let's read it again. I'm going to read it again. Do not overwork to be rich. Do not overwork to be rich. Rest your body. Rest your mind. Get off alone and spend time with God. Now, y'all understand, I work every Sunday. So Monday 
and I don't want y'all to be angry with me. You call me, I'm not answering my phone. It took you 20 years to get in the mess. I can't get you out on my day off. I, 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 uh, listen, I spent time in the hospital because of me pushing myself. People are very demanding. Me. Pastor, no matter what you've got going on, I got something you need to be doing. You and about a hundred other people. Yeah, but you don't know how important it is for you to be at this place. I'm sorry. Are y'all out there Did you go home? So I pray, Lord, what is it you want me to do? I follow my heart. Impossible to be everywhere. That's why you're supposed to be making friends. This old idea that the pastor is your Your tithes, you did not hire me. I was sent here. I work for someone bigger than you. And he sets my salary and he sets my schedule. You do not. This whole idea of you hiring preachers, you, has it ever worked in the denominational church once, no, it's why they're dead. You've got, a, you've got a baby Christian hiring the preacher? Come on, y'all, God Almighty. Get on your face and call on God and tell him to send you somebody. And when he comes by, let him do his job. Boy, I'll tell you. And God is big enough. To take care of his employee. Yeah. Okay, I don't mean to get off on all that. I was going to say something. I'm just really, calm down, calm down, calm down. Again, I understand there's people who, your job, I don't want you to quit your job because they, they don't honor God. You, you follow what they told you. That's the job God got you. So I'm going to get some of you out of a mess right now. When I first got born again, the Lord said to me, don't go to church in this city. And he would not let me go to church. And he got me a job on Sunday. But he said to me, they will screw you up. And the city I came out of, everybody was fighting each other. He said, I don't want you to walk in a church in this city. So, so you, can't, you can't get, I'm not being dogmatic about, you. boy, by God, you better be in church. I'm, I'm telling you, follow God. You just follow the Lord because there are people the Lord may say, this is a job. I want you to have this job. You're not going to be in church, but I'm going to take care of you. And if the boss tells you that, you do what he tells you to do. Like I said, we got people in this church that are policemen, firemen. We got people who have jobs and their boss looks at them and says, you will be there, blah, blah, and you need to better, you better go. And I'm not going to say anything to you, but you need to go to God. And if you're doing it, you might want to change. If you're going, oh God, I, I don't want to walk in there again. 
You, you, got a, you got a heart problem and a half right now. Well, I can have TV. I can have sermon. I can go to church on television. Yeah, right. Sure you can. All right. Tell your kids that when they don't call. Exodus 16. Man, I'm doing pretty good. I didn't think I'd get this far. Exodus 16. The church in America is not going to have a revival until the people honor God. One more time. I'm not talking about, listen, and I'm going to say something to y'all and you're not going to like it. This church has cooled off Mm -hmm. since I started pastoring it 30 years ago. Because you've gotten in the habit of just showing up and doing your little duty and you go home. And if you're not hungry for God, you, you've got some changing to do. Amen. And I'm talking about people in this church. I'm, not, I'm talking about people who come on Sunday. Amen. Okay. I'm going to show you scripture for that in a minute. I'm going to show you something. Now, you understand? <laughs> Ooh, hallelujah. Exodus 16, verse 25. Look at this. And Moses said, eat today, for tomorrow is the Sabbath, and today you'll not find the manna in the field. Six days gather it. The seventh day is a Sabbath. There aren't going to be any. Now, the manna is a type of go to work. It's not a type of Jesus. It happened that some of the people got up and went out on the seventh day to gather anyway. Well, you just don't know what we're going through in our house. You just don't know what we're going through in our house. You just don't understand what we're going through in our house. We just ain't got no money. You just don't know what we're going through in our house. Well, maybe if you honored God, you'd have money. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? And, and even now, when you read this, you're going, it happened that some of the people got up and went out anyway. And they found none. And the Lord said to Moses, how long do you refuse to keep my commandments and my laws? Page two. See if I got time for that. I do not. Go to Malachi 1. Everybody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm talking a heart issue, and I hope you understand that. We're dealing with a heart issue. We're dealing with the fact that the world around us is changing. The world around us no longer honors the word of God and the things of God. Do y'all understand that? We're really not talking about a day. If you're honoring God and you love God with all your heart, you're safe. Understand, we're not, you, do y'all understand that? Do you understand that? Okay, okay. Um, Malachi 1, 6, listen to this. A son honors his father and a servant his master. If I am your father, where is my honor? If I'm your master, where's my reverence? Thus says the Lord of hosts, you priest who despise my name, you say, what way did we despise your name? You offered defiled food on my altar. In what way we defiled you? He said, the table of the Lord is contemptible. And you offer the blind as a sacrifice, is that not evil? When you offer the lame and the sick, is that not evil? Why don't you give that to your governor and see if he wants it? All right, let's get real now. I mean, I ain't even got strong yet. When 
What, what is church? It is a time when we pull away from the world and we honor God. And that's why we dress up. It's why we, it's not slop Sunday. Drag in when you feel like it, late. Get out of bed. There's not a one of you that when you're on vacation is late to the airport. Not a one of you. You drag in the church 10 minutes late and you got this excuse that the alarm didn't go off and whatever. It's trash talk. There's no honor. You don't want, I, I, listen, I would love for Donald Trump to call up and say, I want to meet you. I, I, would, I would not be late and I would not show up in jeans, especially holes in the knees. I'm going to tell you what I'd do. I'd buy a brand new suit. I would buy new clothes. I'd buy Lisa new clothes. And we'd be there an hour early sitting out there waiting on him to call us in. And he's only the president. I mean, God's making a pretty big deal out of this. Where's my honor? We've gotten to the place in America where, listen, it's almost like if someone teaches us some Bible, then I heard that. No, it's not what you know. It's what you do. If it's not changing your life, you do not honor God. The church is lukewarm today. This one is not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm fixing to get worse. T.L. Osborne made a statement one time. There was a, Kevin McNulty told me. There was a preacher in Africa sent a jet to Tulsa to pick him up. And he said, I'm not taking this jet. He said, you get me a commercial airline, I'm going to go preach to him, for him. And, and Kevin said, why would you spend the money on an airline, Dr. Osborne? You are a very important man. He said, because when I get there, I'm going to preach what God told me to preach and not what that man wants me to preach. I owe him nothing. I am not for sale. Amen. I went, whoa, buddy. Jump back, Jack. You get around Mary Fran, they've called her before. Would you come prophesy? She goes, no. I don't know whether God will give you something. I ain't making up nothing for you. You can't, you can't buy a man, a woman of God. You can't buy them. They're not for sale. Because you tithe. That just ticks me off. We're here to create a standard of righteousness and holiness in a city and change the city. In this church, in this church, the mayor should go to this church. Amen. City council should go to this church. Amen. The head of the school, the, the principal of the school should go to this church. And they should be under a pastor. Amen. Woo! Who do you think you are? I ain't got started yet. Amen. Are y'all getting this? Yes. 
That's the way the city is supposed to run. That's what he meant when he said the kingdom of heaven is like a woman who took meal and, and need and, and wheat and, and whatever that stuff is and, and put it in the wheat until a whole bread got uh, leavened, leavened and put it in. You're, we're supposed to leaven the city. We're supposed to be influencing the city. The city's not supposed to be influencing us. We're supposed to change the culture of this world. We're not supposed to be looking and dressing like them. Turn that off for a minute. Just turn it off. Just turn me off, Sonny. Am I off? I don't have an earring. I ain't never getting a darn earring, and I don't have a tattoo. Earrings in a man is a queer thing. That's what it is. It's a queer thing. It's what it is. It's just the world, it's the way a man shows another man he's funny. And not, not every man that has one, because I got a few people in this church. But let me tell you, it started with the world. It started out there in the world, and they're putting their stamp on you, and, and I just want to be cool. I want to be accepted. Well, th well, then why don't you just be different? Why don't you just be an on fire for God, man of God, and let everybody know you don't have earrings, and you don't have tattoos, and you don't sleep around, and you don't run around, and you don't drink, and you don't smoke, and I do go home at night and be with my wife, and I'm not coming over to your house and having a beer with you. No, I'm not. I'm married, have a wife, I'm going home. Have a good guy, God. Why aren't you going around with the boys? No. I married a woman, I don't, I don't, have, I don't need the boys. While we're on the subject, is why I didn't buy a Harley. Why would I pay $20,000 for a piece of junk? Because it gives me an image. Oh, man. I'm a man with a bike. I'm a man on a swim. I'm a man. You can pay $8,000 for a Honda. And it's a better motorcycle. This, listen, y'all understand the society. Uh, is anybody ready to start changing the world? Or are you just going to keep, they keep, they keep putting their print on you and forcing you into the way they look, walk, talk, and act? When you walk in the room, they ought to go, oh, my God, here he comes. <laughs> this is, folks, this is a big deal. This is the big deal. Jesus changed the world. One man. They didn't change him. He changed everybody he got around. He set the standard. He on the Sermon on the Mount, he said, I said. Genesis 25, 34, I'm going to show you this. And we've got a couple more I'm going to show you. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils, and he ate bread and drank, and he went his way. 
and Esau despised his birthright. That's why God said he hated Esau and loved Jacob. It wasn't because he just picked him. You know what he said? That ain't no big deal. This, this birthright mess, I don't, just give me a bowl of beans. He traded beans for the birthright that God said was his. He just, he despised the word of God. We live in a society today. Can I just get real strong for just, just real strong? Jesus commanded the disciples, don't you leave Jerusalem until you're filled with the Holy Ghost. It's not an option, guys. Being a powerless Christian, it's not an option. It's rebellion. Those churches, they have no power. They're dead. The head of the church said, don't leave Jerusalem. They were already saved. I mean, so it's a commandment. Command. And they despise it. I don't need tongues. It's not tongues. The head of the church commanded it. Yes. Amen. I, oh, come on. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. Proverbs 1. I think I'm done. Are you all okay? Yep. <laughs> he woke me up the other morning. He just stayed on me and stayed on me and stayed on me. And says, I want my church back. He said, this is a big deal to me. This attitude about my church. He said, it's mine. It's mine. I, that's my church. Sunday at church, that's my idea. That's me. And he, I mean, he, he, told, it was a big deal to him. And, and Proverbs, let me, let me show you this. 120. Wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the square. She cries in the chief concourse of the opening of the gates in the city. She speaks her words. How long will you simple ones love simplicity? And scorners delight in scorning. Fools hate knowledge. Turn at my rebuke. Surely I'll pour out my spirit on you, and I'll make my words known to you. But I've called, and you refused. I stretched out my hand, and you said no. You disdained my counsel. You would have none of my rebuke. I'm going to laugh at your calamity. I'll mock when your terror comes. And your terror comes like a storm. Destruction comes like a whirlwind. Distress comes upon you. You call on me. I ain't answering you. You seek me diligently, I'm not, you're not going to find me. You hated my knowledge and you did not choose the fear of the God and you had, would say, you said none to all my counsel. That's powerful scripture. Yeah. Isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. When, I, when I first got saved and I'd read scriptures like that, it, it put the fear of God in me. I'd go, ooh, Jesus, Anna, I love your word. I love the word. I love the word. I remember I was sitting in the living room. Pat Robinson was preaching. And he said, man, don't work, don't eat. He's worse than an infidel. I didn't have a job. I turned TV off, went and got one. <laughs> Scared the mud out of me. I went, oh, my God, I'm in sin. And I took off and, and, and went and did what God said. That's how you get places, folks. I mean, I want to know what he says. Are y'all okay? I got to stop because I'm out of time and I'm not, I guess I'm out of sermon. I'm out of notes. Oh, there's nothing left to do but pray, is there? Shirley, you doing okay over there, girl? Melanie, you doing okay?
Everybody doing okay? I want to pray over this church. I want to pray over this nation. Folks, the church, we are living in the last seconds before Jesus comes back. And his church is goofing off. His church is not looking for him to come back. They're not ready for him. That's, that's, that's a big deal. And 50 years ago, we had a greater respect for God than we do now. And we are, I mean, in everything, everything that's pointing is Israel's been 70 years. The last Trump declared Jerusalem. I mean, folks, it's, we're, we're looking at milliseconds now to the return of Jesus Christ. Amen. And we've got people who don't have enough honor to even come to church. And say, I'm a Christian. That's scary, folks. That's very scary. And you think you're doing good. You're not doing good. You're not doing good. If you've lost your love for God and the Word of God, you're not doing good. You may think you're doing good, but you, you're not. And this has become a great concern of me. I pray about this. I prayed about it all day today before I came in here. I mean, I've been praying since I woke up this morning. Reading and praying and reading and praying and reading over these scriptures and walk outside and come back in the house and read it some more and pray. And There is going to be a church that's going to rise up out in these last days. And we'll talk about that Sunday morning. And I'm gonna, they're going to know their God. And they're going to do, they're going to do exploits. And the lukewarm, they're going to get worse, guys. They're going to get worse. And we're not talking sinners. We're talking church. Do you all hear what I'm saying? Satan's full bore on you. You don't play with him anymore. If God gave you a refuge, you get in it. And you don't tell him, no, I don't need it. If he says you need it, you need it. Amen. Does this make sense? Yes. This is not a legalism. I'm not talking legalism. I wished I had the time right now and I could just sit here and name names. Of the people I've talked to. They didn't listen to a thing I said. And here's the thing about my sermon. I already know that people who've got their mind made up, if they heard this, they're not changing. I already know that when I started. What I'm hoping is that the ones who have a tender heart to God go, no, devil, I ain't playing with you. I'm not playing a game with you. I'm going to obey God. Because I believe that a God will win with many or few. Father God, thank you for the, thank you for this group of people, and I thank you for this church. I thank you for asking me to pastor this church. I, I pray that and I don't, I don't know if the people here understand what it's like to have the Holy Ghost come upon you and give you a message that you know is not well received. It's like preaching on tongues in a Baptist church, Father. It really is. And preaching to charismatics. But I pray, Father God, to the people in this church right now, the ones listening to me and listening on air, it's time for us to come back to our first love. It is time to come back to your first love. You come back to obeying God. You come back, you come back to the Word and doing the Word. 
And you heard, you heard the sermon. You understand why. Because you'll never fulfill your destiny. You're not going to fulfill it without obeying God. You're not going to do it. You're a part of the body of Christ and he needs every one of us. Father, I pray that, that, that the people that are in this room and those listening by internet would understand the spirit of what I'm saying. And that I'm actually just stepped over into a different mode, different place in God. And you're calling out to your body, you're calling out to us to turn away from following after this world. Come out from among them, you said. Come out from among the world. And I ask you for grace and mercy upon each and every man and woman who's listening to this. We would begin to make the adjustments and according to, to what you say to us, sir. In Jesus' name, amen. Seek first. I don't have time to get in this. We're way out of time. Satan is no longer hiding his agenda. He's not play, he don't even hide it anymore. He, he, has, he is full bore deciding he's taken over. And he is, and the people that are following him, they are full bore anti-God. You, there's no more fence sitting. You're not gonna, there's, you're not sitting on a fence. That may be a strong word for you because you've, you know, you and I've done this for a while where we can just come to church and love Jesus and be sweet. But it ain't, it's not that way anymore. Amen. Amen. We got work to do. Well, thank you all for coming. I pray I see all of you again someday. I'm going to tell you something about me, and I know I'm, I know I'm, one of the things that I have not liked is being a prophet pastor. Not, I'm not a pastor teacher. Because I want to, I want to preach things everybody likes. I want to preach something, you walk out and they go, wasn't that wonderful? And, I, and I, I ha I'm just going to obey God, and I have to go home and go, okay, God, we did it. Now let's see what happens. But I really believe in my heart that God is going to raise up a people that are on fire for God. I, I really, I have to believe that his church really loves him, and you love him. And I'm going to tell you all something else. I've had times when I've struggled with God. You know the scripture, they that are led by the Spirit? That word led means wrestling with the Holy Ghost. I've wrestled with him. I'm talking about days and weeks when he's telling me to do something. So I understand there's people going to hear this. And, oh, but it's God talking. It is God talking. And he's calling his church out of the world. And you might be wrestling with my message. But, but, you, but I'm glad at least now you know. Now, you know, I'm one well, boy before tonight. I, I thought it was just me, but whew, yeah, yeah, that was God. And I know there's all, we're going to wrestle till he returns. There's going to be times he's going to say things to you and you're going to go, I don't want to do that. Amen. If everything you're doing is fun, you're not, you're not in the will of God. 
Just find a job you like and do it. Nah, you don't want to do that. Pick a church. No, you don't want to do that either. Amen. God bless everyone. Y'all have a wonderful night. Go home, get in the Word of God. Draw near to God. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.